Welcome to a New Testament journey. We'll have our Bible reading followed by our devotional. Romans 7. Do you not know, brothers and sisters, for I am speaking to those who know the law, that the law has authority over someone only as long as that person lives? For example, by law, a married woman is bound to her husband as long as he is alive. But if her husband dies, she is released from the law that binds her to him. So then, if she has sexual relations with another man while her husband is still alive, she is called an adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is released from that law and is not an adulteress if she marries another man. So my brothers and sisters, you also died to the law through the body of Christ, that you might belong to another to him who was raised from the dead, in order that we might bear fruit for God. For when we were in the realm of the flesh, the sinful passions aroused by the law were at work in us, so that we bore fruit for death. But now, by dying to what once bound us, we have been released from the law, so that we serve in the new way of the spirit, and not in the old way of the written code. What shall we say then? Is the law sinful? Certainly not. Nevertheless, I would not have known what sin was had it not been for the law, for I would not have known what coveting really was if the law had not said, You shall not covet. But sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, produced in me every kind of coveting, for apart from the law, sin was dead. Once I was alive, apart from the law, but when the commandment came, sin sprang to life and I died. I found that the very commandment that was intended to bring life actually brought death. For sin, seizing the opportunity afforded by the commandment, deceived me, and through the commandment put me to death. So then, the law is holy, and the commandment is holy, righteous and good. Did that which was good then become death to me? By no means. Nevertheless, in order that sin might be recognised as sin, it used what is good to bring about my death, so that through the commandment sin might become utterly sinful. We know that the law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, 
waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work within me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, I myself in my mind am a slave to God's law, but in my sinful nature a slave to the law of sin. We've seen how atonement dealt with wrath. It ushered us under the shower of God's bountiful blessing, chapters 2 to 4. We've seen how rebirth into the Christian race sets us free from slavery to sin. It placed delightful holiness within our grasp, chapters 5 to 6. This chapter, 7, looks at the same process using marriage imagery. Previously, we were married to a noble and good husband called the law. But the law had a brother who came with the package. They call him Sin. He lived in our house and travelled everywhere we went. Sin secretly hated his brother and now hated us as well. Even though our husband warned us not to listen to his brother, the constant sarcasm, the bitter comments got into our heads and messed with our minds. We became so conflicted that we began to do what Sin was telling us even though we knew it was wrong. We fell under his spell and wretchedness reigned. But then, alleluia, our husband died when Jesus fulfilled the law. Quite quickly, some might say, we remarried. A noble and good husband brought us into his house. His name is Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit has no brother who carries evil intent. In fact, all his family are generous and true. And so, Paul tells the Romans, while it is appropriate to feel sadness over the loss of our old husband, the law, don't go back to that house. And definitely don't hook up with your ex-brother-in-law, who still has your number, and messages you now and then. That would be hugely destructive for you, and totally dishonouring to your wonderful new spouse. I know many believers who found comfort in verses 15 to 20, feeling affirmed by what they say about conflictedness. But we need to realise that they describe life under our old marriage, not new life in the spirit. It is listening to sin that sows conflictedness into our lives. Our answer to such feelings is not a misreading of Romans 7, but a deliberate shunning of the whispers of sin. Block his calls. Don't invite him into your house. Instead, choose delight. Choose a joy-filled life. Learn to enjoy the embrace of the new husband in your life. His name is Holy Spirit, and he is right by your side. Here's a question for reflection. When sin comes calling on you, what does he say? And when the Spirit speaks to you, what does he call you into? We pray God's word bears fruit in your life. For all the information about the New Testament journey, head to www.anewtestamentjourney.net.